This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. I'd like to start off with a scripture. It's out of Jude. It's uh, chapter 1, verse 24. It says, Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, to who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. You know, let us start off with a prayer. If everybody could bow their heads. Dear God, I just, this is your church, God. I thank you for everyone who's here today. I thank you for everything you've done for this church over the years. You've made it such a great and wonderful church. I just pray that people have ears to hear that what you need to be said is said today, God, because it's all about what you want out of us, God. And I just pray that it's exactly what you want to happen. You know, in this information age that we're in right now, everything is so complicated. Things that used to be simple are complicated. you got to look at 50 different things just to make a simple decision. And the Bible makes it so simple for us. I just pray right now that people understand that all the answers that they need are in the Bible, the Bible that you gave us, and all our prayers can be answered in that fashion. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the title of my sermon, I forgot it earlier, but uh, is ministering to one another. And I have a question. I start off with this question. Why is going to church on Sundays so important? You know, I was thinking back before I started going to church every Sunday as to what I did, so I'm going to use myself as an example. You know, I, I'm going to be 60 pretty soon. I'm so happy that, uh, it doesn't bother me, I'm real happy that I made it to be 60, but back in the 1960s, my mother raised me early on in the early years, and my father raised me in the later years, but neither one of them. Really, I think we maybe went to church once here, once there. They weren't really big on going to church, so I was never raised in a church atmosphere in the 60s. And in the 70s, my excuse for the 70s was I was going to college, and uh, I signed up for this program in college that the average grade point average was 1.6. You know, that's a D plus, and I'm an average student. You know, I, you'll tell, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say anything, big complicated words or anything like that. I'm an average student. So I would work, I was a working student, so it took me like six or seven years to get through college. But I would work all week long, usually 50, 60 hours a week. And then Sundays were for my studying. So most of the time in the 70s, I was studying for my college and I got my bachelor's degree and all that stuff. But after I went through the classes here for my pastoral diploma, I might as well throw that bachelor's degree in the garbage because what they teach you, they miss the most important part, which is God. Then in, 80, in the 80s, me and Mary got married in 79, and um, she liked going to the Kane County flea market, you know? And yeah, you know, how did I put it here? 
it was, I think back, it was a waste of money in buying a lot of junk that we didn't need, you know. But there was one thing, I think it was about 1983, they had this pinball machine, you know, the ones that you see at the bowling alleys, those big ones are at the bars. I don't like to say too much about that anymore. But for 100 bucks, I got this pinball machine I had for 20 years. I had hundreds of hours of fun with that, with my friends and stuff like that. Matter of fact, I'll use a term that they used in the 70s. That pinball machine, it was a gas. Yeah, yeah. But, and actually, I give it to my friend, and he's still got it to this day. I think he's had it for 10 years. But anyhow, that was how we wasted our 80s. Um, going to the flea market and paying the pinball machine. But it made the wife happy. And... Here's my word of advice to all you young guys, because happy wife, happy life. If you learn that, just that one rule, life will be so much easier. Yeah. Now, in the 90s, because I like to take risk, and Mary will tell you, because she always gets this twitch in her eye when I want to do something risky, I decided I was going to buy my own business. All right? Anybody here who's a business owner... Realize that if you've got a successful business, you work a lot of hours, okay? So Monday, I'd be working at least 12 hours, Tuesday, at least 12 hours, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But we were so busy all the time, it was a pretty successful business, we did really well, that you had to pay those bills. You know, if you're doing all that work, there's got to be, so basically on uh, Sunday mornings, that was when I did my accounting. So that was my excuse for the 90s, all right? And then I found Church on the Rock. But truth be told, in my case, it was always about the works. You know, I really believed in taking big risk. That's really what God wanted me to do, is I'm going to honor God. God has given me all these great talents, and I'm going to do all these great things. It was all about the works. And, uh, but I always believed in God. I, I wasn't saved until I walked into this church, I think I was about 48 years old, my very first time at Church on the Rock. But again, why is going to church on Sunday so important? Can't we just stay at home and develop spiritually by just reading the Bible and praying? I mean, these things do help, but I think without some organized activity, most of us would probably find something else to do. I mean, I did that. I didn't, until I came to Church on the Rock, I didn't spend much time reading the Bible. I was, I'd always find something else to do. And you know God made us to need each other. Amen? Uh, so, okay, I got this book. 99 Reasons We Should Go to Church. I mean, what do you think? I'm thinking we can start with 99 and work our way down might take a couple of hours and if you haven't fallen asleep yet that will put you to sleep so I'm going to just go over my three favorite ones alright the best one first going to church encourages your pastors alright you know a year ago you know I went to this church out in Byron they asked me to preach out there in Byron and uh, 
It was a church of seven or eight people. And I called the guy up and I said, yeah, I'm available for that Sunday. I can preach. This guy hadn't had a Sunday off in 10 years. So I kind of felt bad for him. He goes, and by the way, if you'd like, you can lead worship too. And I'm like, no, no, no way. Braden, you have nothing to worry about. You know, there is no way I'm going to get up and sing. So anyhow, they were nice to me. I went out there and it was kind of a, after talking to them, I realized they had like 35, 40 people at this church three or more, four months earlier. But I guess one group of people got into a fight with another group of people and they all left except for seven or eight. And that's why encouraging your pastor is so important. You know, a situation like that can cause a pastor to question their calling. So that's why sometimes you think it's easy doing this, but, yeah, you know, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. That was the first reason. Reason number two was the gathering of God's people will help you draw you closer to God. You know, isn't that what worship's all about? I mean, it is so important than uh, just uh, staying at home. I mean, getting together, we all have different gifts. One person might have had a good week. Somebody might have had a bad week. We can be here to help build each other up. So that was the second reason. The third reason is a miracle you need may come to pass. For those of you who've been coming, at least me, here long enough, you know, I've seen people with stage four cancer healed. I've seen a girl with leukemia healed. I've, I know somebody with, who had back problems that totally went away. And I just don't think that happens as often when you're just sitting at home watching maybe church on TV. And, uh, you know, when I was new to Christ, I've told this story before, but probably half of you haven't heard it, so I'm going to tell it again. I, it's one of my favorite stories. I'd been coming to church here for a month or two, and for some reason they decided they wanted me to be an usher. And uh, I'm like, whatever, you know, if that's what you like, you know, I don't have a problem with doing it. I'm tall. Yeah, there was a little joke that when I hand the bucket around, I can look down at people and scare them into giving. But, you know, I don't don't think that's the case. But... uh, the, uh, how do they, so I, they, they did this training, they said, now, when we do an altar call, you got to be ready to catch these people. And I'm like, what? I mean, that, that only happens on TV, you know. But anyhow, so Brian, Pastor Brian does this altar call. There's like 25, 30 people come forward. And it was like I was on this side. So he started on this side. The first person he touched fell. The second person he touched fell. The third, fourth, and fifth people, they were starting to fall before he even touched them. And you know what falling in the spirit is? You These people were out for like five or ten minutes. You know, I was in disbelief. I'm like, wow, it does really happen. I had to, you know, apologize to God about that one. But, you know, the, uh, now I wouldn't have believed it watching it on TV But seeing it in person was a different story. Going to church allows you to experience what's happening by using all your senses. I mean, it's so important. When you watch it on TV, you're using your eyes and maybe 
you're hearing. But literally, when you're catching people, you've got a sense of feel, you know, you've got a sense of smell, you're using all your senses, and it's so important that, you know, spiritually that all your senses are being used. It's like sports. Watching football is totally different than playing football. Even being at a game as a fan is totally different than watching it on TV. I've done all that stuff. Each level from TV to fan to player brings a higher level of participation. I believe personal participation can be an extreme importance when it comes to miracles in the church. Yeah. Now let's look at the first scripture. You guys probably wondering if I was going to get to these scriptures. Hebrews 10, and that's chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Probably got it up there. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. You know, this scripture starts off by telling us you know, in a roundabout way, that we should participate in the local church by assembling together. Why? So we can exhort one another and stir up love and good works. Good works equals miracles. Amen? You cannot get the real feeling of something if you don't participate. All right? Some people here, I don't know if Vicki's here, but she always calls me Big, oh yeah, she's back there. She always calls me Big Jim, you know, and that's what, I've always been called my whole life. I mean, when I was younger, I wasn't because I was real small until I got older. But so I, as Big Jim, I, I was not as good in sports as Marlon over here. You can tell Marlon was pretty good. Or Chris Chandler, he, was, he had to have been pretty good too. But, you know, I was on this, it was my late 20s. I was playing in this intramural game, and it was two of the better teams in Schaumburg. And there was like five or six seconds left in the game before halftime. And Mark, my teammate, he's just like not paying attention to the clock. You know, he was, wasn't too good. So I, I'm under the other team's basket, and the other basket at the, is all the way at the other end of the basketball court. I mean, it'd be like here to the parking lot out there. So, I'm like, give me the ball. You know, he's going to let the clock run out. I'm like, I know the chance of me making a full court shot is slim and none, but nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? So, he gives me the ball, and there's just like one or two seconds left. So, I go back, and I just threw it as hard as I can. I just didn't think, you know, it, it was like it took a minute to get there, you know. <laughs> But all of a sudden, when it was about halfway there, I'm like, wow, that was a good throw. <laughs> yeah? And it's going and going and going. And then it goes halfway in the basket and bounces out. <laughs> and that's what they said. There was like 100 people watching the game. And you heard this, oh! <laughs> and, and then I'm like, wow, I didn't think, you know, you're just shocked. And then course your own teammates are congratulating you even though you missed the basket even the other team are like wow that's really amazing but you know the point of the story is the feeling you get when you participate and exhort one another it is so much more than watching it on tv 
The great example in the Bible was when the disciples, what they did after Jesus passed, died for our sins. What did they do? They participated. I mean, all you have to do is read the book of Acts. Amazing things happen. Even when Jesus healed someone in the Bible, most of the time, somebody needed to participate. By coming to church on Sundays, God can do amazing things through you that are way more important than a basketball game. We are talking about eternity. And we must participate. Now I'd like to move on to the second reason for ministering to one another. I have three reasons, which the second reason is the importance of family care. And I'd like to have people stand up that are part of the family care team. And I'm going to call your name off. Tim and Linda Anderson. Oliver Hennon, if Oliver's here, I don't think he's here today. Don and Maga Hoke, if you're here today, they might be down. Some of them might be downstairs. Judy Katkus is part of the team. Mark and Isabel Labadee. John and Donna Lukes. I'm not sure if I've seen Dave raising off here or not. Bob and Karen Rytel. Marlon and Angelina Tripp. Jeremy and Tammy Wateka. Mick and Jerry Winfrey. And, of course, Mary, my wife, in the back. In case you don't know, we're never together, so a lot of new people don't know who my wife is. But uh, that just works for us after 37 years of marriage. But, you know. Uh, and we got somebody new that, that's looking at joining, in, which is Dr. Bob Kuntz. He's in the back there. He's looking at joining the team. Now, you guys can go ahead and sit down. This is the people. Uh, Thanks. These leaders will pray for selected people. They do hospital visitations, and they help us, especially newer people, they help you get connected into different groups within the church. How many of us have been visited by one of these people at the hospital? Yeah. I know I have. I mean, I had my hip replaced a couple years ago. And for those of you who don't know, when you have a hip replacement, they cut your leg off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they slam something down the inner part of your leg, and, and then they put a new joint in your hip. Well, Bob and Karen Rytel, <laughs> they, they came, and, I mean, it was so much fun. I didn't even want to go into surgery. <laughs> we, were, we were talking. And it was delayed, don't you? They... They were supposed to start surgery at a certain time, but some kid got injured, and the doctor had to do sur emergency surgery on him, so they delayed it for a couple hours, so we were just sitting around talking. But it was amazing. I, I would say after surgery, I got back to my room. It was about 6 p.m., and I was up and walking around at 10, 11 a.m. The nurse came in, and he goes, so do you need to go to the bathroom? I'm like, no, I already went. He goes, you, you got up without my help? And I'm like, yeah, I don't need your help. Yeah. I got, I've got God on my side. Yeah. But, you know, it was, just, it was just the most, I was, I mean, it was amazing. I was doing, the lady that lived three or four dollars down from me in Del Webb, she had hers done two weeks before mine. And 
she'd be walking by holding on to her husband. She couldn't hardly walk, and I'm out there mowing the lawn, you know. And then she'd be shaking her head, and she'd be like, man, that's amazing. And I'm just like, yeah, I know. But uh, it took her like two years, I think, to recover. But uh, poor lady, but anyhow, that's, that's how it went for me. So why is family care so important? Let us turn to 1 Peter 4.10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, isn't all our gifts part of the manifold grace of God? Is, it is grace alone that one of us so unworthy possesses anything. Amen. Whatever we have that can be made useful to one another to other people, is a divine gift. Not given, but lent for his purpose. How many of us know there's nine gifts of the Spirit? You know, I'm not going to go into much detail. You can almost preach every week on each gift. But, you know, some of us have a strength of one gift. Some of us have a strength of another. You know, not too many of us are strong in all the different gifts. But that's why it's so important for us to help minister to one another. It's because one of us might be strong in one thing and one in another. Now, if we go to Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, and I'm staying in the New King James Version. I don't like to make things complicated for me. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given, let us use them. Now, there's different ways that you can inter you can sit there and say oh yeah let us use them you know if we can or the way I take that is let us use them you know God gave those to us and he commanded us to say let us use those gifts you know and you know it goes on to say if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry let us use our minister and he who teaches teaching he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberally, he who leads with due diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You know, your talent is God's gift to you. You know, and I want to say that again in case somebody was sleeping. Your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with that talent is your gift back to God. All right? God doesn't give you this stuff so you can just, oh, man, am I good at this? It's so that you can help others. The Bible even talks about if you are trustworthy with the small amounts, he will put you in charge of larger amounts. Amen? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says there, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. If we were strong in all the gifts, then would we need each other? If we could heal ourselves, would we need prayers from someone else? In 1 Corinthians, it also talks about, you know, the body being made up of all these parts and that all you need all those parts. Amen? So using our gifts to help each other is part of the second reason involved in ministering to one another with family, you know, family care. The last reason is growing in Christ. That's my third reason. 
How does one learn to be able to minister if they are not equipped? Here we'll go to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Starts off by saying, Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull in hearing, or dull of hearing. The word dull in the Greek means slow moving in mind. It's not like being old or forgetful like me, it's just slow moving in mind. It's not talking about someone with learning disabilities, but it's about lacking growth and using the abilities and opportunities given to us. Another would could be lazy. You know we all have the time. It's whether or not we want to use that time. And verse 12 goes on, says, For by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracle of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. You know, basically says you're like a baby. How many of us know if you learn something but you don't use it over time, you forget it? I'm, high school, I took Spanish. I know there's some Spanish-speaking people in here, but I, can only, I only know one or two words. And I won't use them, but... Uh, But verse 13, it goes on, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. You know, Caitlin's been bringing aims. She's not, she's probably downstairs into the church every day now, and it's really a lot of fun watching him because you can tell he can't do anything on his own. He is a babe. Well, some of us Christians are like that too because we haven't learned to do anything. And then in verse uh, 14, it goes on, but solid food that belongs to those who are of full age, that those who by reason of their senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. So how do we learn to discern good and evil? I mean, we can read the Bible. The Bible can do some, I mean, by reading that every day, that's one way we can do it. But here at Church on the Rock, we have uh, Rock School of the Bible, which is Dave Dearmond has here on Tuesdays. Amazing teacher. He'll teach you things that you didn't know were there. We have Illinois School of Ministry, which are the classes that you take to get your pastoral license. We have Oasis, which is older adults still in service. And as we go down, we have kids we got the kids we've got the youth we've got men of valor we've got women of virtue we pretty much have something here for everyone and that's how you can grow in Christ how did I become a pastor basically through the ISOM classes Illinois School of Ministry you know yet Rock School the Bible could be a, a better choice that didn't exist back then but you know, pray about it and ask for God's guidance. So we have three points here. Why it's important to go to church, the importance of family care, and growing in Christ. If you are new at Church on the Rock and the Christ, maybe coming every Sunday could be a step forward for your situation. Some of us might need clarity for our situation. Let me say it's very seldom a straight line. I had a couple starts and stops myself over the years. You, 
you get to a certain point, it's like, I don't know if this is for me. And then you stop for a while, and then you get a little kick, and you get going again. Sometimes just reading the Bible will help bring clarity. I have learned some say it is the only way to hear from God. I know it can be tough to know what to do when God's not talking to us. I've heard some say that when God speaks, it's with a soft voice. I, mean, I think the one song, the last song we did, A Good Good Father, it even said a tender voice. Do you know God wants to hear from you? There is no problem too big for our God. I was 48 before I found Christ. Went to too many dead churches before I found Church on the Rock. I don't think some of these churches would know if you wanted to be saved, would know how to save you. But if you don't mind, I'd like to end this sermon with an amazing story. It has to do with spiritual power, not what we can do on our own. So there was this young kid growing up in the wrong part of Houston. He was a good size and became a bully. How many of us got picked on when we were younger? I mean, I, I might look like I'm big now, but I wasn't big until after high school. So I got picked on. I, the bullies always like to pick on me. And, uh, but anyhow, you know, he would, this guy would get in fights in school and began mugging people to get spending money. He even beat up people just for the fun of it. Eventually, this got him in trouble. So he learned to box, you know, boxing matches or whatever you want to, that you see on TV, seeing at the Olympics. He made a lot of money and could have anything he wanted. Then one day, this young boy, his nephew, had a seizure and was in a coma in the hospital. Doctors, it was so bad that the doctors didn't think this, his nephew would make it. Said that if he came out of the coma, he would not be able to walk, speak, or do any other human functions. So this big guy with all his money, he told the doctors, whatever it costs, I will take care of the bills. Don't you worry about it. Uh, money was no problem. The doctors told him money wasn't the problem that they'd done everything that they could do. And for the first time it hit him, all his money, all his fame, and all his influence, he was powerless. This man who is considered one of the strongest men in the world and was powerless. Now, he wasn't sure that God existed, but had seen others pray when all else failed. He even told God, you can have all my money if he would just heal his nephew. He even was mad at God because his nephew was so young. The next morning, the hospital called and said his nephew was awake, but that he would never walk again. A week later, he was walking out of the hospital like nothing ever happened. But the story doesn't end there. Three months later, he was in a fight. And um, 
and he thought he'd died in that fight. Well, he, he probably pretty much knew he'd died. He was terrified. He was in a place that just all he... He, he just knew it, it was like one of the worst places he'd ever been in his life after this fight that he was in. And um, he just knew he wasn't in heaven. The place scared him so much, more than anything he's ever felt, that he all he could do was scream. He yelled, I still believe in God. And instantly it was like this giant hand just pulled him out of that terrifying place. And that's when George Foreman realized again his human power, his money, his prestige were worthless. In the balance of his life, but he also knew he was supposed to do something with his life. He was supposed to give it to Jesus. He later became a pastor of a small church, and you've probably seen him on TV with the George Foreman grill. He was very blessed, probably one of the few people ever given a second chance. He even went on to win the heavyweight championship of the world, not once, but twice after that. You know, something similar could happen to anyone here. I pray that it doesn't happen. You don't want to wish that on anybody, but you never know. It's such a simple thing. It doesn't cost you anything money-wise. It can make you a better person, just like it did for George. I don't want anyone here to go to a place that George went. You might not get blessed like he, he was to have God pull him back out of that place. If everyone here could bow your heads and with no one looking around, I would just like to know if there's anybody here today who would like to accept Jesus today it's a simple thing we'll all say the prayer together if you could raise your hand I'm looking around to see if there's anyone here today that and I'll tell you when I first came to church on the rock if I would have been asked to do to raise my hand I wouldn't have raised my hand either but I would have said the prayer so we're going to say that prayer because there might be somebody here just like me so if everyone could repeat after me, dear Jesus, I believe you are the son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again as is written in the Bible. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Take charge of my life and make me the person you want me to be. Cleanse my heart with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'd like to call the altar team forward. Anyone in need of prayer, let the altar team pray for your situation. It's so important that there be two or three coming to agreement. Amen. If you're a new believer and would like an, an amazing believer's packet, if you come over by the piano, Mike Serino or Tim or Linda Anderson it will be over there and they can give you one of those packets. It's, it's, it's a way of getting started in Jesus. Amen? Thank you.
You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.